Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians in the book of 2 Corinthians. My tablet is all messed up. My grandkids were here this week. Praise the Lord. Several of you have asked, and I don't know that I shared a whole lot last week, but Goldie and I had the opportunity to go to Columbus, Ohio a couple weeks ago and spend uh, some time at General Council. Every other year, um, our group of fellowship churches get together and do business and worship together and spend time in the Word together and just getting to, to fellowship as well. And it was one of the richest times that we've had in years in, in, a, in a setting of, of like that. It was so refreshing. It was so encouraging. Um, our services were encouraging. The worship was good. But I think I left there just knowing that we're still part. The Assemblies of God is still the best thing afloat. Um, we can get discouraged. We can get frustrated. We can see things on, in, in different areas and go, oh, is that really what's happening? But I left there this year going, we still were part of the best organization out there. And they still have a passion because we went back to our roots at this convention. And, and as we were there, I felt two things kept coming back. And then I, it takes you right back to our very first convention back in the early 1900s when the assembly started. And that was, took us back to our roots of the Holy Spirit. And there was the talk about the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And it was refreshing to hear that again in our general council of the Assemblies of God as we were together. The other thing that kept coming up was missions. And I don't know if you understand what the heartbeat of the Assemblies was when we first started, but it was to send missionaries around the world. And that is exactly what our heartbeat was returned to, to seeing not just around the world in, in terms of other countries, but in our own country, seeing lost people come to know Jesus Christ. And that was an exciting time, and we had just a blast um, getting to be there. We got to have a, an evening out with the McGills, who are our missionaries to Mozambique, who we're going to go work with next summer. And that was, I mean, if, if I wasn't already excited to go to Mozambique, after I left that meeting, I'm like, can we go tomorrow? Let's just go back with them now. I mean, it's exciting what God is going to do and is doing in Mozambique and allowing us to be a part of it. So if you haven't signed up for Mozambique, you need to, because this is going to be a trip of a lifetime. Praise the Lord. One other thing I want to hit before I preach, and that is, Pastor Laura mentioned Connect this morning, and I'm so excited about what God is going to do through that. It doesn't start till the 10th of September. Don't come next week at 9 o'clock. <laughs> well, you can, but you'll just have to sit out there. And, well, you can come to prayer meeting. You can come pray at 9 o'clock. Um, but uh, we will have, it, the, the classes will actually start... And, and I'm excited because I think there's going to be a variety of activities starting at 9 o'clock that you can find something to be involved in. And one of the things we want is, is some of you who have been uh, mature in your faith to be part of that discipleship class. So you are helping train out younger people. And so we want to go and have you guys involved. We want to have a prayer meeting will be going on in here. We'll have the youth and the children. You can find something to get involved with those mornings. And we encourage you to do that and be a part of that. And I'm excited about what God is going to do. But don't, it doesn't start until the 10th of September. So um, be watching for more details and more information as that comes together over the next few weeks. 
We are talking about being a real warrior that God has called you to be. To being the warrior that he has called you to be. Last week we talked about the need to know the word of God. Because it's the word of God that slices down the enemy as the sword, as our, as our sword becomes our weapon. If you missed last week, you need to go back and watch it because that was pretty good. I'm not bragging. I just think it was a good sermon. And uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you just walk away and go, that came out pretty good. And so uh, you just, you need to watch it. And you need to watch it. Don't listen to it. Watch it because it was much more entertaining to watch because I had a sword and I had some not swords and we had fun with it last week. But the word of God, what are you doing? What did you do specifically this week to make the word of God more important and as your weapon in your hand? In, in your spiritual life this week? Did you spend more time in your devotions? And not just reading the, the clip that they give you, but looking at the context of that scripture. Did you spend time going further? You know, some of these Bibles are pretty cool. They, like, lead you to another scripture based on that same scripture you just read, and you can, like, go through the study Bible and find other scriptures that tie it all together. Did you go further in your study than just your two-minute reading? Did you start to use the scriptures to fight the enemy when he came with his lies? I guarantee you Satan lied to you this week. I guarantee Satan came attack you this week somewhere, somehow. What did you do with it? Did you let him win? Or did you cut him down with the word of God? Did you start to fight the enemy with the word of God and not let him keep beating you down? What specific thing did you do this week to surrender more to Jesus? You've heard me ask that question every week this year. What have you done more to surrender to Jesus? To be a part of this army that God has called us to. He didn't call us, he didn't call us just to sit and be uh, just say we're a part of the army. He wants you to be part of the army. He wants you to get involved in the army. And so, what did you do this week? Did you do anything to put on your armor? Did you put on the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of preparation of the gospel? Did you put on your helmet of salvation? Did you pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit? If you have missed this series this summer and you need to go back and watch some of that Again, because they're, every one of these uh, pieces of the armor we have gone through this summer. And it, it, I think it's been powerful. I think it's been uh, just one of those things that God has been leading us. At, right? It, he's just in tune with what we're, he's doing. And, and it's just powerful what he's saying to us. Hunting season is right around the corner. Bow season for deer actually opens September 1st. Kind of hard to think about when it's uh, 100 degrees this week. You don't want to go stand out there in that heat and bugs. Yuck. But this year, for the first time in a long time, I have rifle tags. I have rifle tags in the Black Hills. I have wet rifle tags for deer in the East River. And I have antelope tags rifle. Earlier this year, I had been saving up my money. When I was 14 years old, my dad took me down to um, uh, West Sioux Hardware. They were going out of business. And he bought me 
a gun. Six millimeter gun. I've had that gun ever since. It's the only gun that I remember ever really shooting. It's, I know it by heart. It knows me. I know it. Um, I know it's going to hit its mark. I, am, I, I know what, when I miss, I know why I miss because it wasn't the gun's fault. It was mine. And so I had, we've become buddies. And now, you know, that we won't talk about how many years ago that was. But now I got a new gun. I've been saving up and I got this new gun. And over the next month and a half before I go antelope hunting, I'm going to spend a lot of time with this gun. I don't know how it shoots. I've shot it a dozen times. I took it out to the hills. My son-in-law and I messed with it for a while. And, but now I need to fine-tune it, and I need to get to know it. I need to understand it, and I need to have it in my hands so I, so I get the feel of how it kicks, how it shoots. Does it shoot high? Does it shoot low? Does that, you know, and just get all of it figured out. So I'm going to blow up a lot of shells over the next few weeks. And I, I need to anyway. If I don't, I'm going to pay the price, and then I'll probably pull out the old faithful and take it instead. But I am going to try and get a lot of... Because you've got to get to know your weapon. You have to know your weapon. Paul has taken us from the armor of God, which we use to defend, to the weapon side of things. And now he gets to the weapons, and we've talked a little bit about the sword last week. I'm going to finish that this week, and we're going to move into to some of the spiritual weapons that God has given us. I think that, you know, our, our human analogies that we use, at some point they run out. And Paul had this beautiful analogy with all the armor. But he gets to the end, and the weapons of our warfare, he, he starts talking about them at the end of this passage, and he says, talks about the sword of the Spirit, and then he goes into this thing called prayer, and then he talks about the Spirit of God, and those things that he gives us, those tools that he gives us in prayer and the Spirit of God, there's nothing you can compare it to in the armor of God, in the armor of the Roman Empire that they were looking at, he was using. He couldn't, it was, it was something else that he couldn't, just not weapons you can come up with a, a good illustration for, because they're beyond our human knowledge, our human ability to understand. But we're going to go into some understanding of them this morning. Would you stand with me as we read together Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, I think, or 19 or something. All right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, 
pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. My daughter does these and she switched up the translation this week. Praise the Lord. I want to also read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, or chapter 10, I'm sorry. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Father, thank you for giving us the weapons we need to fight. Now help us to understand them and to use them to fight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. God is calling Calvary to prepare for battle. It is time to put on the whole armor of God and to take up our weapons and start to fight back. Time to go on the offense. Take the sword of God's word at the enemy. Take the power of prayer and go after the enemy. Take the power of the Holy Spirit and go after the enemy. For it is not by might nor by power that you will win. It is in the power of God found in his word, in prayer, and in his spirit. Up to this point, we have focused on the armor and the tools that Paul has given us as defensive items. And now we're going on the offense. Last week we talked about the sword of the Spirit. And I just want to hit a few things that I missed in my excitement last week. And I want to go back and just touch a couple of things. On the screen there should be a, a verse from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, 11, 1 through 11. This is Jesus' temptation in the, uh, in, the, in the wilderness. Jesus was led up by the Spirit of the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again the devil took him up an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, All these things I shall give you, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. There's no greater nor beautiful example of the power of the Word of God than this passage. Jesus said over and over and over again, It is is written. 
and he counteracted. Even Satan then got, you know, you hear Satan goes, well, it's written that it says this. And God says, no, you, you're, you're misquoting. You're taking it out of context here. Let me tell you what's written. And, and it's just a beautiful passage of the enemy being cut off at the knees. That the enemy is being destroyed by, by the word of God. And it is so powerful in our own lives. And we need the same type of, but we have to know the word of God. Jesus knew the Word of God. And I said this last week. He spent time, first of all, we know that he, was, he spent a lot of time in the, in the t- tabernacle and in the synagogues learning and growing and studying and teaching because he was God. And then when he goes to get baptized, we know that he is, the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then those two things allow him to fight back against the enemy now. And we need to know the word of God in such a way and, and, and have that power in us. We have to become people of the word. I'm going to get in trouble now. But the Lord is so in, made, has just laid this so strongly on my heart that I had to come back to it. I didn't do it last week, and I, and, and I have to. That's why we're coming back to the sword. Is this this statement right here? We are a generation who wants to have beautiful worship. We want to feel good. We want all the things that we had this morning. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's bad. But we don't want the word. We want the worship, we want the feelings, we want the sense of the, that, 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 that glory of God coming. But we don't want the word of God to come in and get there. How many times have we given up the word of God for worship? Now I'm not, I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. I could have gone on all morning and just let Katana just keep going, just keep going. I could, I was just enjoying his presence. But I also know that there's an important part about the word of God. You know why we don't like the word of God? Because it cuts. (laughs) It cuts. It's hard. I like going... You're my victor. You're my God. You're all I want. You're all I want. I like that. That's fun. That's exciting. But now you tell me I have to do what? Your word says I can't go out and and do whatever I want. Your word says I've got to follow you. I've got to obey. Man, I don't like that word obey. The word hurts. The word is hard. So we want to throw it out. You talk to anybody today, and you ask them about how church was, and I give, 90% of it will revolve around how worship went, not about what they heard from the Word of God. And we need to get back to some solid training in the Word of God, that the Word of God, I'm not saying we throw out worship. I'm saying we balance it. I'm saying we balance it. I need worship. I need the word. I can't, I can't live this week without both. I need both. 
I have said this before, that biblical literacy is at an all-time low. And you wonder why the church is more defeated, more sick, more depressed, more in bondage, and more weak than they've ever been before in history. Why? Because we don't know the Word of God. If we're going to fight the way Jesus fought, we fight with this. The sword of the Spirit that cuts and destroys the work of the enemy. And if we don't know it, we can't quote it. We can't use it. You can't swing it. You remember when I said I needed to get to know this new weapon? It's the same thing. I have no idea how to use this if I don't study it and know it. It just gets flopping in the wind like we did last week with the pool noodles. We got to know the Word of God. How do we do that? Study it. Oh, I went to school so long ago, I don't know how to study anymore. It's time to get ready. The end is near. And there's going to be, I, I fear the day when they shut the internet off because most of us don't know how to use this. We know how to use this, but we don't know how to use this. Most people can't use a concordance in the back of the Bible to find a scripture. They know how to use Google, but they don't know how to use a concordance. They don't know how to, like I said, follow a scripture in the study Bible. You've got to get in the Word of God, and you've got to study. You've got to get to know it, and you've got to read it in context, and you've got to understand it. Second thing you have to do is memorize the Word. Jesus fought Satan because he knew the Word of God. He had it memorized. In September, September 10th, when we change everything, we're going to start memory work again. If you remember back in the day I gave you a memory scripture, we're going back to that. God has so instilled that in my heart. Every month we're going to have a memory verse, and we're going to ingrain that into our hearts and memorize it. In the first week, like we did before, we'll put words up, and then we'll take some words off. In the third week, by the end of the month, there won't be any words up there hardly. Because we're going to start to memorize the Word of God. Third, we need to take the training. Laura said it this morning when she was talking about Connect, and I say it again. We have to get intentional about getting deeper into the things of God's Word. We need to get deeper into these things. And so we have to take training. We don't send our soldiers to war without training. In this country, and we should not be sending soldiers to war in the kingdom of God without training. You know why we're losing the battle for spiritual things in this world? Because the rest of the world, the other religions of the world, know how to train their people. They know how to indoctrinate their people with their lies. And we don't even know how to teach and to train our people with the truth. Because we're not interested in it. We just want to go to heaven. Did you hear me? 
this thing is more about than just going to heaven. This is about being part of the kingdom of God. And he's called us to be soldiers in his army. Take the training. So now you have your sword, you have your armor on, you're ready to go to battle, you think you got it all, right? And then Paul says these words, pray. What? I have to pray now? Like, what's that mean? Talk. Listen with God. Oh, that's kind of cool. We don't win the battle by wielding some sword, by throwing out scriptures and just saying these things that we want to say. We win the battle because we stay connected with our commander-in-chief, God himself, through prayer. And the battle is going to be won on our knees as we cry out to him in the midst of the battle. God, I need you. Just as we sang this morning, more of you, more of you, more of you. I need you, God. But we have become so passive in our prayer lives. Prayer has become this, we've, we've made it this, this flowery, poetic thing. And oh, it's so pretty. It's so nice. Jesus just wants to hear how beautiful I can talk. I'm convinced that God could care less about how beautiful I can talk. And he's more concerned about my heart crying out to him in prayer and connecting with him in prayer. We don't win the battle because we're so passive. Do you know how many times over the years that I've heard the prayer that God, if you feel like it today... God, if it be your will. God, if the flowers are in the right direction, maybe you'll do something today. <laughs> you know what? If I know the word of God, and I'm spending time with my commander-in-chief, I'm praying and saying, God, you're my healer. By your stripes I am healed. If I'm sick, I'm going to go to God and believe for a miracle like I've never believed before. I got on our, we got on our faces and our knees and at supper time and every time throughout the day praying for people who are sick in our congregation. When Deneen called and said that, or Ken called and said Deneen had a heart attack, we were on our faces before God because that's, because we're, we're crying out to our God. It didn't sound beautiful. It wasn't pretty. It was going after God. It was saying, God, we need you now. We need you to come. We need you to show up. We need you to be God. And he's looking for a people that will quit being passive and start being aggressive in their prayer life and go after him in knowledge and understanding of who he is and praying and meeting with him on an hourly basis if need be. We've relegated our prayer life to a passive, momentary moment where we have our few minutes every day with him. God doesn't want your few minutes. He wants all of your minutes. He wants you. This is not, this is my, this is my God moment for the first 15 minutes, and then it's the work moment for the next eight and a half, nine hours, and then it's my family moment the next. No, he wants it all. Ephesians 6, 18 
says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. We quote this one a lot. But just look at this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, connecting with him, not just going, oh God, if you feel like it today, but connecting with him and seeking his face and going after him with everything you've got. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. We want God to move, but we don't want to pray and seek. We want God to hear our cry, but we don't want to cry. We want God to move in our lives and move in our world, but don't disrupt it too much. And don't ask us to surrender or give up something, especially if we like it. Or write a check or hand some cash over because we hold tight to those things. But God says everything is his. And we need to cry out to him and communicate with him and listen to him and seek his face. Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor of destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only when your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. God is calling us to be a people who dwell in him. Most of us want the victory, want the healing, want the miraculous, want the supernatural without ever paying the price to get it. But God says, go after me. Dwell in me. When you dwell with me, there I am in the midst of it, and I will protect you there. You have to go after him with everything inside of you. Look again at 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. What is our spiritual weapons that are not carnal? Prayer. Prayer makes no sense in the, in the physical realm. To people who don't know God, prayer doesn't make sense. 
communicating with somebody out there and you're hoping somebody hears you? No, if they don't get it. They don't understand it. Because it's a carnal thing to, to not to, for them than their carnal minds. But in our spiritual minds, it's a weapon. It's a tool that God gives us to overcome the enemy, to seek his face, to know him, to dwell with him, and see the power of God revealed through prayer. That's why he tells us to, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover because it's through prayer that God begins to do things. I think we've I think we've missed some opportunities in our generation and I think we've had a generation that's passed away that we didn't learn from I remember going to church in terms like are you prayed up ready for church are you prayed up ready for your week we don't know what that term means today are you prayed up? Are you spending time with God? They also used to say things like prayed through. That means you don't quit until you get your answer, until God releases you. Today we come to the altar and we quick pray and we quick leave because we got to get something else to do, something different to do. We don't want to spend too much time or, or, you know, you never know. Jared might just think I'm really unspiritual if I stay too long at the altar. So we got to get, we got to pray through. We got to take advantage of this thing, this tool that God has given us to communicate with him and dwell with him and to overcome with him in prayer. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Listen to that words again. When you call upon him, he said he would listen to you. Prayer is not this thing that just, you're just saying words to the air. The God of the universe has his ear towards you. If you're seeking him, and you're praying, and you're going after him, if you're wanting to dwell with him, he's going to listen to you. And he will be found of you. So here's a few things. What is prayer? It's communication with God. Prayer needs to be, A, spontaneous. We need to be ready to pray at all times. Ready to cry out to God in the spur of a moment. Whether it be in the middle of Walmart, in the middle of a, a gas station. I don't know if I've told this story yet, but we went to General Council and on the way we drove and I, Goldie was driving and we stopped at a, at a big old truck stop and filled up with gas and there was this guy there and he had a warrior shirt on. Now, a, a Jesus warrior, not a ba football team or basketball team or anything like that. But it was a, it was a and then he said, Warriors for Jesus or something, and Jesus on the front. And I said, hey, I like your shirt. I've been just preached on that this morning. It was Sunday afternoon. So we just preached on that this morning. It's been a series this year, and, and we started talking, and he goes, and we go inside, and he goes, I want to meet somebody else in our group. They, they're a ministry team that had been up in Minnesota, and they came down, and, and, he, and this guy starts, he, says, he said to the older guy, he said, pray over him. 
So they started praying, and he prophesied right there. And he wasn't quiet. Right in the middle of the, I mean, we're right next to the register. I mean, it wasn't like this was secret. This was like, boom. And I was like going, isn't this exactly what it's supposed to be like? Be ready in season and out, no matter where we are, that God can begin to speak and use us and pray over people and speak into their lives. Be spontaneous. Prayer needs to be continuous. You cannot go days without connecting with God. I'm not even sure you can go minutes without connecting with God. Prayer has got to be continuous. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. Prayer has to be intentional. I don't think we are living in a generation or a time with God that we can just throw out general prayers. If we want to see the hand of God move and we want to fight, then we need to start fighting with intentional prayers. We have to ask God for exactly what we want and what we need and what we're doing and the war that we're in. We need to be intentional about it. God, take care of me today. That's not enough anymore. God, I'm going into this... I'm going into this workplace and it is hell and I need your spirit to go with me into that place today and I need your protection and I need this, I need that, whatever it is you specifically need that day. I'm going into this meeting and I'm not going to be, this is not a meeting I need to go into or want to go into. Holy Spirit, I need you to take over and speak through me and I need you like I've never needed you to be. And you're calling out to God with intentionality of what you need. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Prayer needs to be bold. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us, come there, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We need to be bold with God. I'm not saying commanding him. I'm not saying being, you know, telling God what to do, but boldly come. God, you said in your word, you gave us these promises and I'm coming in those promises boldly to ask that you do the healing, that you do the deliverance, that you do the, the setting people free. You do this, God. You heal this family. You do these things in our, our, whatever it is that we need. But to ask of him boldly. One of my boldest prayers in the last couple of years has been, God, I want our families to know Jesus Christ. None of the children of this church, none of the grandchildren from this church are going to hell. We're praying and believing God to save our families and our grandkids. And I, I ask God that almost daily. God, I need you to save our family. I need you to save our families. I need you to save our families. I am not giving up on our families in this church and on our families that, are, that aren't serving God today. And many of them have grown up in the church and know better. God, bring them back like your word promises. I'm praying for your kids. I'm praying for your grandkids. I'm believing God to bring them to know him. We've got to be bold. We've got to be bold. And finally, we have to be united. 
Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Call the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. To committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it would be done for them by my Father in heaven. There is power in unified prayer. There's power in unified prayer. We've seen it. We've seen it. We talked about it already today. Deneen, it's healing. Because God healed. Because God's people got together and prayed. Shirley came forward last week and we prayed. And I believe that's why she's here today. Because we prayed. Because the body of Christ took hold and said, No, Satan, you don't win this battle. And even though we didn't know what we were even knowing that we were praying for, God knew and he knew what was coming ahead this week. And he knew. And we were praying and we sought God together and saw God begin to do a miracle. God is a God power when we unite together in prayer. I am convinced that a united group of people, why is there so much division in the church today? Because it's Satan's number one tool to keep us from being effective. If we can't get along with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, then we can't effectively unite together and agree together to see the kingdom of God be advanced. And it's happening all over the world today. The division is getting deeper and deeper and deeper in the church rather than more united and coming together. And God is calling us to unite together, agree together. That's why when God says to you, call this person and pray for them, pick up your phone and do it. Because your agreement with them is powerful. That's why when you go through something, don't go through and call me six weeks later and say, oh yeah, I had this happen. I didn't tell anybody. No, call us. Let us pray with you. Let us unite together. And so we can, it, you know, we, we, we have this idea that, oh, we don't want everybody to know our, our, our stuff. And I'm telling you, God wants us to know your stuff because he wants us to unite together to see victory. There's power in united prayer. Would you stand with me this morning? You're lucky I stopped writing there because I could have gone on for two weeks. And you could still be here next Sunday when we can. <laughs> I'm passionate about prayer. I'm passionate about this idea that God has in our lives that we are to be fighting and we can win. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in the days ahead as we look forward to what he's going to do in our lives in victory. There's victory ahead. There's victory ahead. Okay, maybe nobody else agrees. There's victory ahead. <laughs> All right, you are awake. I didn't put you to sleep. There's victory ahead. He's still going to do some great things. We don't give up. We can look at our world and think we're defeated. I don't look at the world. I look at my Savior, and he says greater things are happening in us than through us than, 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 than what's happening in this world. Because he lives, 
and he exists in us. So we're going to walk in victory. We're going to walk as overcomers. And we're going to become prayer warriors like we've never become prayer warriors before. We're going to become students of the Word of God like we have never become before. You say, I can't study, I can't memorize, I can't, I can't. I'm telling you, you have to. It's not an option. We have to get in the Word of God. You have to memorize it. You have to get it deep within your heart. What happens if someday they come and they take your Bible away? Because it's ha it will happen eventually. They'll take the internet away and you won't have it on your, on your, on your electronics. And then they're going to take your, they're going to come to your house and they're going to try to take your word. And I'm telling you, in some of these countries where that's already happened, one page of the word of God is more rich to them than anything else they own. And we, we have, I have hundreds of Bibles probably. Maybe not quite that many, but lots. Do we use them? Do we, do we take advantage of what God has given us and the freedom that we have right now? To put it in our hearts and in our minds and to seek Him so we know how to become warriors in His kingdom. Father, this week, This week, God, may we become prayer warriors and students of your word like never before. Ryan, would you just turn on some music? I'm just going to invite you to find a place of prayer. I know it's late. I don't care. Time is time. It'll come. You know, it'll still be there after we're done. Food will still be there after you're done. Restaurants will be less full. Will you just find a place of prayer and just begin to spend some time in prayer? You got the front, you got the back, you got this entire place. Walk, sit, jump, I don't care. Just spend some time with him this morning. Just spend some time with him. Take your Bible, take your Bible with you. Let God speak to you through his word.